is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Oh, it's a fabulous Monday edition of Talking Cowboys from the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco. Welcome in, everybody, as we break down the championship matchups that just unfolded in the Kansas City Chiefs. The pride of Rob Phillips' preseason predictions are going back to the uh, Super Bowl, which I, I really honestly, that probably wasn't the best prediction in the world because, uh, I mean, everybody kind of thought that that was a pretty good chance that the Chiefs would find their way back to the Super Bowl. But the prediction did not include Tom Brady going back to the Super Bowl. This time as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we are going to talk about it with a former teammate of Mr. Tom Brady, Isaiah Stanback, and our professional football analyst, Heck Harrison, Rob Phillips will join us coming up here in just a little bit. I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam back in the back as always. And Gentlemen, yeah, there's a lot to break down from yesterday's action. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking down the Green Bay Packers initially and then followed up by really a dominant performance of the Chiefs over the Buffalo Bills, the uprising red-hot Buffalo Bills. But what were your thoughts, Isaiah, on really what unfolded on Championship Sunday and really the Super Bowl matchup that's now in front of us? Uh, pretty much what I what I thought, man. I, mean, I thought that, you know, the Buffaloes had a good run, uh, but obviously, I mean... <laughs> Hey, I mean those guys are who they are, right? Uh, they're just they're they're, they're too powerful uh, on both sides of the ball, really. But then you look at the the Green Bay Tampa game, and we knew that was going to be a tough game. You know, you got two two of the best to ever do it. But I, re- I think really the deciding factor between that game wasn't necessarily between the the guys on the offense side of the ball, but it's their defense. And as soon as uh you know. The defensive line of Tampa is very strong, very strong. And then as soon as you had to heard the news of my UW, Mr. Vita Vea coming back, mm-hmm. you knew it was pretty much a wrap. That defensive line is just too powerful um, pretty much for any offensive line, especially this time of the year. So um, the results came out. You know, obviously TB12 is going back. He's that dude. Uh, and all the haters that are out there, you really just should probably just, 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 shh, shh. He's, 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 he's nice. I was a hater earlier in the season, Isaiah, because I basically told everybody that I, I thought he was washed. I, and I will eat crow. I, I gladly, because that I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Now, he's not what he was in 2005. For those of you saying that, hey, it's the same Tom Brady as he was in his prime, that's not true. He's going to give away the football game. He tried to yesterday on three different occasions, but that defense my goodness heck my Harrison if you wanted to model mm-hmm. the Cowboys defense after a team that like remade a defense in one or two seasons I think Tampa Bay would be kind of the formation to do that because that defensive line is just absolutely nasty and their secondary is pretty darn good too well yeah especially when you can get you can get all of that pressure with just four guys and that's what they're able to manufacture in their system and man Jason Pierre Paul how about him a guy that was pretty much written off uh, after he left the Giants going to Tampa Bay and this is resurgence of his career also in Dominican Sue. But man, it's Shaq. It's not Shaq Barrett. It's Shaq, Shaq Barrett. Barrett. Let's say Griffin. Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett. And 
You know, I, I talk a lot about dogs and, and we need goons. and But that's exactly what I'm talking about. A guy that is getting off the ball like Shaq Barrett is literally unstoppable. And when you can get that pressure like they did with the front four, Man, the guys behind you, your secondary, you don't have to have first-round picks at every position. Nope. You can have some mid-level guys, and that pressure makes the difference in the way that you set up your coverage. Todd Bowles did a masterful job, mm. masterful job against, against a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, that you're not going to stop him. You're not gonna, you're just not going to stop Aaron Rodgers, but what you have to do is take things away. Pick, pick your poison, right? We know we can't stop Aaron. Look, we're gonna stop this run. What we're not gonna allow you to do is run for 200 yards. And you saw that, man, with their guys, their secondary, their linebackers, man, just a hard hitting game. But Kyle, when you say that, uh, Tom Brady isn't what he was, you know, in 05, man. When you get in your 40s, man, you wasn't what you was last month. So just wait. Father Time is going to come for you, too. So you be careful how you talk about the geriatric people of the world, man. See, and, and whenever I was watching this game yesterday, there was uh, there was frustration. And, and Cowboys Nation out there, if you're listening, let me know that I wasn't alone. Because there was definite frustration in the fact that, I mean, you waited all year to see a dog like maybe a Demarcus Lawrence. And yeah, Demarcus Lawrence had a decent year. But you expect him to be what Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett were yesterday. That's exactly what you expect. Yeah. D-Law to be. You want him off the ball. You want him quick, and you want him to see that. And as we welcome Rob Phillips back into the show here in just a second, look at that nice slide from Rob Phillips and Chris Beam. The production value here is just absolutely unmatched. But Rob, when you looked at that defense yesterday from Tampa Bay, how can the Cowboys get to that? I know the defensive tackle position needs a a very nice upgrade in order to even get remotely to that, uh, that amount of pressure in the interior, but off of the edge with Randy Gray, Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, they should be able to do things like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I. <laughs> it's a it's a great question because I, I think overall those teams are are where they are because top to bottom they have better players. True. I, I mean, I, th- I think that's number one. To your point, yeah, the Cowboys have some pieces, and I, I think it starts with your edge rushers. Um, but I, I look at like a Kansas City team. Their secondary just flies around. I mean, they they have a really talented group, Matthew and and a lot of their guys. So Thornhill, I, I, Thornhill, I, and, Gosh, and those, are, was, those are guys that were yesterday. connected. They were connected to the Cowboys at one point or another, you know, and they weren't signed or they weren't drafted. And so, you know, it, it comes down to <laughs> it comes down to your personnel uh, to, hey, to, to a large hey, extent. Hey, Rob. Rob slid that in there, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but P, hey P, I gotta tell you this though. The sick, I was thinking about the guy um, Jordan Whitehead for for Tampa. Think about this: we took Doris Armstrong at one sixteen, and the safety Jordan Whitehead went to Tampa at one seventeen. And oh, don't do that! Don't play that game. I, That'll drive you I, insane. I, just, I mean, he was. He was right there for you. I mean, and his, this is a hard-hitting safety that caused two fumbles in the NFC Championship game. I mean, so we have we have missed on some secondary guys, especially some safeties in the draft. And mm. I, I would say Jordan Whitehead would be one of them to add to that list as well. Well, and you know what? It's it's funny. I, I just pop in, and I'm, I'm sorry. It's the joys of parenthood. Why I'm late today. <laughs> uh, I was I was listening. I was listening to a little bit of uh, Dan Quinn 
on with the PFF guys on their podcast, mm. and he talked about really what he said was a lot what Mike McCarthy said when he got the job last year, head coach, was uh, players over scheme. Mm-hmm. And and so and that's Dan Quinn's philosophy too. Now that's got to be that's really got to be a priority because you know I, we heard that last year, but they tried to implement a scheme that I don't know really fit the personnel they had. It certainly didn't fit the timeline of the pandemic and all that. So how can Dan Quinn get the most out of the guys he's got? And so sometimes when your personnel is not at a Super Bowl level. You know your scheme and the way you use players can overcome some of that. So I, this is a huge, a huge role for Dan Quinn coming in. How he fixes things, how he how he gets guys more comfortable in the roles, understanding buying in the roles they are. And we talked about some of that last week. That's how you overcome some of it. But I don't know how you. I mean, personnel like man to man. I don't know how you're comparing mm-hmm. Cowboys to the teams they're playing for at all. I mean, there's a reason why they're there. Yeah, you know? Barat, I mean, how, how, especially with all this speculation, fellas, I guess, before we go into the next thing, how do you get your roster to that point, though? Because this is clearly the two mm-hmm. most talented teams in the league. Not even a competition. Not even a competition. No. Right? So, that to, to your point, you know, talent over scheme, eh, I mean, they have a, a, an abundance of talent, but they have some pretty doggone good schemes that go along with that talent that knows how to put those guys on the, on the pedestal, right? Um, they use every every inch of talent that they have uh, within all their guys, right? All their guys. So who was that? Was that Perryman who who fumbled right on mm-hmm. the on the return? Right? And, they, and and most teams will do what? Sit their guy, right? right. Sit their guy. What do they do? No, we're gonna come put back and right reverse back with there. them, and then we're gonna yeah. throw the ball to them, and then put him right back in there. He's gonna kill it, right? So. It's not only the, the players and the talent level that they have, but also the trust and the understanding that these coaches have of the, of what they have on their roster. And I don't know, especially going into this offseason where they, the salary cap might be adjusted down, most likely be adjusted down, right? Like, what do you, what, what can you do to catch up to those teams? I mean, what can you do? I don't think you can in one year. I said that last, that's a great point. As I said last week, I think it's from a personnel standpoint, I think it, this is like a two or three year job to try to get it. You know, investing draft picks, investing salary cap money. I, I don't think you can do that. I think you've got to be just more sound defensively than you were last year That's and true. not give up as yeah. many big plays. Try to build on some of the turnovers you, you forced. And then, really, you got to hope that your offense can just supplement it with, with hey, we can, we can outscore teams. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Cowboys kind of went through this in the mid-2000s, heck, where, mm-hmm. you know, defensively they were in some, some transition with their personnel. They had some – Signing guys kind of off the couch to play defensive line, but you still had Tony Romo. You still had an offense that could put points on the board, and you had a running game that could help your defensive line too. So I, I think you've just got to be solid, if not spectacular, defensively next year. Yeah, and if you look at – just say Tampa. If you look at their defense, they've had these, this, these guys for a couple of years, right? So that Tampa defense has been what it's been. They just needed that one piece to come in to take them to the next level. And, you know, obviously football is the ultimate team sport. But if you look at Tampa and the numbers that they were putting up, let's say 2019, 2018 offensively, they were top 10 in the league offensively, but they were bottoms as it related to wins and losses. Tom Brady comes in. I think worse, they get the the right tackle uh, Mm -hmm. as well. Just those pieces alone is what is excelling this team to get to the next level and also Leonard Fournette. Let's not forget Leonard Fournette and – 
I mean, he showed up in a major way. So just the running game. Fresh legs. Fresh legs. Fresh legs. And then also being able to get those chunk plays and a quarterback that, again, first half played flawlessly. Second half, a whole other thing with tip balls and just overthrown balls. But the turnover differential, we talked about that, right? Tom Brady turns the ball over three times. But if you look at the Cowboys' defense, when we've had turnovers, those have always equated into points. So three turnovers, 21 points. If it's the Cowboys, that would be your ball game, right? So mm-hmm. it's just all things being considered when you look at and you talk about scheme and all of that. What scheme are you going to play? Because if we're talking 3-4 and looking at Tampa, they have Indomitian Sue, who is a large human, human being, Vita Vey, the guy from UW, who is another massive person that can take on those double teams and allow your, your linebackers to run free. We tried to do that last, last year, and our guys were getting just, just <laughs> dug out of there. So, yep. I hey. mean, you pick your poison in it. Kyle, question. Real, real quick. I for, first of all, I forgot they had LaShawn McCoy. I forgot they I had LaShawn McCoy. I saw him in the, in the post-game celebration. I'm like, that looks like LaShawn. <laughs> they do have oh, LaShawn McCoy. That just lets you know how much talent. Yeah. They have it's a ridiculous amount of talent just sitting, not even touching the field. Um, but but to your point, Heck, in terms of uh, them saying that they needed that one piece, right? They, they That one major piece, right, in terms of Tom Brady coming. That was, you know, and their coach said it, right? Bruce Arians, he said it after the game. They said, well, you know, how, what what did this guy mean to you guys coming? You know what did what did he mean when he came to this team? And he said he just he he made them believe in in the skill mm-hmm. set they already had. They, they, like they, to your to your point, they've had this roster for a minute now, right? Obviously, they brought in TB twelve, they brought in the tackle, they brought in AB, yeah. they brought in Gronkowski, they brought in some dudes. Now let's not act like they didn't bring <laughs> yeah. in more than one piece. They brought some dudes in to solidify their stuff, but you know, but they brought in veterans. They brought in vets. So as we start looking towards the off season. What is it that we can do? I know we swung and missed on on eighty percent of our vets this off season. <laughs> what is it can, we can do this off season to play on play friendly with the salary cap to help us? Like what pieces do we need? Obviously, they needed a quarterback and some other thoughts. What pieces do we need that we can fill the gaps with with veterans? Yeah. There's mm. a, a long list, a long list, and that's the thing is <laughs> if you're if it you're is. comparing the Cowboys situation to Tampa Bay situation, sure, Tampa Bay went from the 13th overall pick last year. They took an offensive lineman in the first. They took Antoine Winfield Jr. in the second round. Had a pretty good first two rounds. They didn't pick again until the fifth round. So they didn't have a bevy mm. of draft picks. The majority of their work came through free agency, and then came through really the mm-hmm. work throughout an offseason with Tom Brady with his veteran, I guess, I don't even know what you would call that, Isaiah, just just his knowledge of the game and the way that he's the multiplier. He acts as a multiplier for the talent that's around him. I don't know if there's that piece out there. That might be a one-time thing. That was Tom Brady being Tom oh, Brady, yeah. and there's you're not going to go out there and say, you know what, that guy on that roster looks pretty cool. Let me go bring him in as a free agent, and then all of a sudden we're going to be Super Bowl contenders. It's not going to be. It's not going to work like that. You need a guy like that. But I'm asking. Can Dak Prescott be that? Can his return be that jolt and that multiplier for the team around you? Because we've talked about it extensively on this show that whenever Dak Prescott went down with the injury in week five, automatically the expectations changed. They all changed. They all flipped. No matter what the the record was beforehand, no matter what the team looked like previously, the expectations changed when Dak Prescott went out. Now can they change when he comes back in? I, yes. Yeah. Of course they can. Uh, I like. I like to think so, fellas. But you guys got to remember. 
When you sign a guy like TB12, what happened to all the other free agents, Kyle? They came to him. All the other major free agents, they wanted to come to him. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, no, they all you're right. So Antonio Brown, Gronk. They, they fled to Tampa. Why? Because they believe in that guy, right? What else happened? The, uh, the, those free agents came. And what did, when those free agents come, when Antonio Brown comes on your team and you already have a Mike Evans and a Goodwin, all those guys, right? What does he do to their game? Their Elevates game it. has to do what? Has to elevate it. You bring Gronkowski on. What happens to your tight end position? Not only is yeah. he going to be do what he does, right, but everybody else's game elevates, right? So it's not about just bringing in guys that can do their job. It's about not only number one having a guy that everybody wants to flock and come play with, right? Which is why the, the Houston situation is so serious right now, mm-hmm. right? And then, but then number right. number two, you got to bring in guys who will elevate the play of everybody else at your position because if that person goes down, they still have to be successful. People have to remember Antonio Brown did not play. <laughs> Antonio no. Brown didn't yep. play. No, and, and, Gron- and Gronk would have been retired. He wouldn't have played for yeah. anybody else. Nope. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I look at it this way because, I mean, it, it's hard to be positive about the way the season ended. We haven't been positive this first segment. I, I do think, <laughs> I think, I think if Dak Prescott was healthy, they would have won this division. I really do. I think they yeah, would have had two or three more wins, and they would have won. So, I mean, he gets healthy. Your offense is healthy. Um, your defense makes some strides forward, which I think I, I, they have to be able to go up from where they were. They just have to be. There's I, nowhere else, nowhere to, go, else to go. Right. So, like, <laughs> so like I, I think you, it's reasonable to think that they should be favorites to win the division if they're healthy next year. And if they do that, they give themselves a chance. And the, and the thing about this this weekend was, like, it wasn't just about who's playing in the Super Bowl. It's like, what's the future of the conference now? Because mm-hmm. Drew Brees... Very well may retire. Aaron Rodgers was really vague about his future. Now, he might, if he doesn't go back to Green Bay, he might wind up on another NFC contender. Adam Schefter was kind of sort of hinting at that today. Mm. Uh, but there may be a shift here, and there may be actually some some opportunities that aren't normally there because we're talking about like some of the greatest players of all time, and that's who you're trying to compete with right now. And that's and that's what I'm saying. That's the that's the unfair comparison when you start talking about Tom Brady because <laughs> he's true. proven he has skins on the wall, and that's why you want to go and play with Tom Brady because of what he's done. You talk about Dak Prescott's leadership, and you can tell that this team was a leaderless team once Dak went down, yeah. and maybe that was the one piece that you needed to beat a Philadelphia in Philly. Right. That was the one piece that you may have needed to beat a Washington football team in Washington. Maybe that would have been the difference maker. All I'm saying, like, if you take those pieces and say that, oh, one guy can't make the difference. Well, just switch over to San Francisco. They had a whole lot of pieces. But then when they bring on uh, the cornerback, your guy can't think of his name to save my life right now. Uh, played for Seattle, went to Stanford. Come somebody. Help Russell me Wilson. Here. What's it? Who are you talking about? Corner? Richard Sherman. Oh, corner, Thank you, quarter. Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, no, quarterback. A corner. Yeah, yeah cornerback. Yes. The cornerback, he comes in and he solidifies that secondary, makes these guys up front play to the scheme perfectly, and then they're vaulted. They go to the Super Bowl. So, look, it's, it's very important when you talk about bringing in veterans and guys that can make a difference. There are some guys out there can, that can make a big difference on your team, especially mm-hmm. in the locker room. But we keep missing on that, though, heck. Like, yeah, we keep passing these dudes up. And Dominican Sue, nope, we're good. 
Uh, <laughs> the honey, honey badger. badger. The honey badger. badger. Yeah, nope, yeah. we're good. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, we're missing on every. Like, <laughs> like everybody, it's like pinata swings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then, they, then, they, then, they, then they call Kyle, and Kyle says, "Yeah, go pick up Poe," and they sign Poe. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I wanted Everson Kyle. Griffin. It wasn't Poe. Poe was never my guy. It was Everson Griffin that I told him I wanted to go sign, and then that didn't yeah, we work had, out either. We so. had balloons when, I, yeah, the day yeah. after Griffin got signed. Yeah, had, that, that, was, that, that was a swing. Show. That was a swing and a miss on the Talking Cowboys crew for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what's yeah, frustrating. That's what's frustrating frustrating is because Tampa Bay goes and does this whole rebuild and they have all these guys it's like oh Antonio Brown's not going to work out oh Gronk's not going to be the same as what he was previously you're going to talk through all of these guys and then all of a sudden oh my gosh they're back to what they were and they're playing extremely well Tom Brady's washed no he's not now he's leading you to a Super Bowl that's what's frustrating about the whole thing why wait I I missed the first three minutes, obviously, but you're frustrated because Tampa Bay's in the Super Bowl? Yes, and the Cowboys have with, not with, had with, any kind of success. With, you had a one-year turnaround like Tom, with Tom Brady. I'm saying that's what's frustrating for me as a Cowboys fan because I want that to happen. I'm not saying it's likely to happen. Okay. I'm not well, saying what Tampa Bay did was likely to happen, but I would like it to happen for the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, they just they plugged Michael Jordan in at quarterback, and it worked out pretty good. <laughs> exactly what they I mean, did. That's pretty much what happened. Like, it's I mean, yeah. he you you can't compare him to anybody. See, else. Not here's even, the thing. I even de- I even debunked my own thing on Twitter yesterday. I said, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I've been saying for ten years is the greatest I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I I no. After five minutes, the last five minutes of the first half. No, no. <laughs> because Rodgers throws a pick, Brady gets that deep touchdown. You're like, oh yeah, he's the goat. Let yeah. me. Can yeah, I debunk right. what you even just said a moment ago and show you how Don't unlikely this it. is? Don't do no, it. No, this is Kyle. good. No, this is proving to Rob's point. But I'm debunking even <laughs> even the, the comparison he made. How good were the Washington Wizards whenever Michael Jordan went over there and you plucked Michael Jordan, actual Michael Jordan, and put him on the Washington Wizards? They weren't going to the NBA Finals. Let me tell you that much. That's how special he, he what Tom Brady is he doing. Wasn't. He wasn't Michael Jordan at that point. See, He's been but that's what I'm saying. He's been with MJ all day. See, Different but that's story. what I'm saying. Trying to say those, those years never no, no, happened. No. A lot of those people didn't, didn't think hey, this was Kyle, Tom Brady before hey, the season Kyle, started, including Kyle, myself. No. Yeah. Right. Did you see how sharp Tom Brady was that first half? Let's just say quarter yeah, the first one, half. quarter two. Did, did you see the three see, picks he threw in the second half? All of those picks are not on him, but I'm just going to say that if... Okay, let's say this. Let's say this. With two minutes and 12 seconds left in the fourth quarter, Matt LaFleur made a dumb, dumb, smart decision. So stupid. To (laughs) kick the field goal. Yeah, he overthought that. But you do that. You do that. You do that based off the fact that you have three timeouts and the no. two-minute warning. You can't, but no, you can't. everybody, no. but everybody in the world knows that Tom Brady is across from you and he is not going to let you get the ball back. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, you can't do that. That's the dumb that's part. That's the of greatness your, that's, of Tom Brady yeah. right there. And that's why it was a dumb decision. <laughs> he took the ball out of a Hall of Fame quarterback's hands. And then said, "Okay, defense, you go out there and stop the greatest quarterback that's ever lived." Nah, that's exactly well, what Kyle, happened. To, to that point, he did do that. However, that Hall of Fame quarterback should have ran the ball in. Oh yeah! That's oh, from the seven-yard yeah, line on third down, said, I agree. Yes, completely. And he said after the game, like he didn't necessarily run because he thought he was going to have another play at it. Which I didn't understand that you just run anyway, try Man. to get yourself to a closer. No, that's down, yeah, that's a BS. That's a BS. Yeah, that's a BS. I don't know about that one. He should have ran it in. He he he. That's one. Of, every quarterback's done it. 
every quarterback's throwing a ball across their body, thinking that they could fit it in there when they literally just, if they would have just lifted their eyes up, had the dog on Red Sea in front of them. That's a walk in touchdown. He made I a mistake. I think Jason Pierre Paul would have walked him down. I'm just saying. <laughs> JPP it might have been close. Like, I'm just JPP, saying. Hey. I think hey, my, JPP my boy, walked him down. My boy JPP might have got there. However, it would have been a mita because he <laughs> had opportunity. Yes, sir. It and he only, got, I, he only got three fingers. So Isaiah. He, 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 he might have missed with two. Isaiah, oh not, every, not every quarterback <laughs> in the NFL can run like you do, okay? Not every quarterback can get those legs moving and unhook the trailer a little bit, okay? Hey. You're, you're, you're a special breed. Kyle, now. If, you're playing, if you're playing, Kyle, I believe in you. I believe in you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Are you saying I could have run it in for a touchdown? Uh, for the NFC Championship uh, game to go to the I Super Bowl, you dog all right. Off. You would have won. Probably would have ran thing off. in. Yeah, you would have got. You would have. You would have pulled. You would have dropped a couple tenths of a second for sure. <laughs> Broke yeah, it in no, half. yeah. I would have dove yeah, too. I would have put the body flight. on the line a little bit. Yeah, and then been care flighted back to the Green Bay Hospital. Yeah. Oh man. You out of there, no doubt about that. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we've got a Twitter on the, or I guess not Twitter on the twenty. This isn't the draft show. It's a fans on the fifty question. We'll answer that about. Hey, what are we doing with the secondary and some of these offensive linemen that we have that uh, could or could not be here? in 2021 and then we'll talk about some of the important nfl dates to keep in mind when we come back here on talking cowboys presented by geico there's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why slr pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you verilux for super sharp vision essential blue for protection and Crizal for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens so whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. The second segment here of Talking Cowboys on this beautiful Monday. Kyle Yeomans, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, always presented by Geico. And always, if you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with SLR lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment. 
at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor, as always, on Talking Cowboys. And uh, let's go ahead and go into. I've got one question here from fans, and if you hey, if you have questions for us in the Periscope as well, throw it in the Periscope, and and we can answer them from there as well. But I have one Twitter question for some fans on the fifty. Fans on the fifty. Chris Beam pushing the buttons in the back and doing a great job of doing so as well. All right, this comes from Kenneth Skumo Jr. on fans on the fifty, and he asked Chadobi. Xavier Woods, Jordan Lewis. Do you think all three of these guys are gone this offseason? And then he asked a second question. I'll ask it here in just a moment about some free agent guys. But I want to start with the secondary. Chidobe, we've got Woods, and you've also got Jordan Lewis. All three are free agents this summer. I guess not summer, but I guess spring. Free agents right now, really, to, to get into these talks. But do you think all three of those guys are gone? And we've we've talked about it on this show before. Who would you bring back at this very moment? We'll start with you, Isaiah. I hate to say it depends, man, but it really depends on what, what you have out there that you can go get in free agency. I, I think that you – I would prefer to fall back on those guys and not necessarily lead with those guys if that, if that answers the question. Um, I prefer to not bring any of them back. Uh, maybe, yeah, I prefer to not bring any of them back. I'll just leave it at that. So I re- I'd rather go out there and see what I can get, bring some new guys in uh, with this new regime. And if I can't get all those guys that I really want, then I'll retain, you know, the, the retain the best one at each position. But I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fan of, of any of them. Jordan Lewis. I like, I like some of the things that he does, but at the end of the year, he, he kind of that those dumb plays kind of prove why he shouldn't be here. Hmm. Okay. Rob. I think a lot of it depends now on what Dan Quinn thinks. And I, I go back to uh, that interview he did with PFF. We haven't talked to him yet. But he's, he said, I've got to dive into personnel and see who we got and who fits, who we can really work with, you know, in so many words, I guess. And so to Isaiah's point, you know, the secondary as a whole just really struggled. You know, I thought, I thought Jordan Lewis was the best of the group there. Um, I don't know what his – free agent market might look like I could see one of the two corners being back I definitely could see a change at safety um, based on the way the season mm-hmm. went and and that's a huge position in this scheme if it's going to be more of like the Zan Quinn schemes we've seen in the past you got to have a free safety that can really cover and has a lot of range so um, I'd say I'd say one of the two corners maybe I, I'll say Cheeto say Cheeto back and uh, and maybe you know that gives you Anthony Brown one corner Digs, of course, and then maybe you go in the draft and you look at free agency too to try to help yourself there. Yeah, and I agree with you, Rob, when you say it's going to be up to Dan Quinn to make the decision or look at the tape. And based off of his evaluation, I would be shocked if Woods was back in the Cowboy mm-hmm. uniform next year and also Awuzie uh, being back. Jordan Lewis just because of his skill set. And let's look, let's not also understate the, the, the depth that they have. I mean, I believe it's it's Kennedy um, was one Robinson. And I'm not talking about the the rookie uh, Robinson. Richard. So it's not Richard Robinson. So it's not really a lot of depth there, especially going towards the end of the year. I think we, I was looking and said, who is that? Where, who's this, where did this guy come from? So it's a, you know, we, we have to solidify our secondary. But again, in the first segment, when we're talking about teams that can get pressure with just four down linemen, 
you may be able to get away with some of those mid-level guys uh, there in free agency. Or let's just say if you do bring back a Cheeto and Lewis, a lot of these guys right now, they just got to test the market to see what's out there. And it may not be as favorable for them either. So they may end up just by process of elimination end up being back when you talk about Lewis and Cheeto. Yeah, I think I would flip a coin on the corners. I'd be fine with one of those two guys coming back, Jordan Lewis or Cheeto. I think both of them are pretty much right there, even in my thought process of how they would fit into a Dan Quinn system. Uh, I'm fine with letting Xavier Woods walk. I'm fine trying to go find a safety. There's a couple safeties in the second and the third round, like a Trayvon Morig out of uh, TCU, or Darius Washington also out of TCU. I mean, there's some senior bowl guys I'm looking at over the next three days that Mm -hmm. are safeties that I'm interested in maybe picking up on day two or early day three. So I would probably flip a coin on the corners. One of those two guys I would would like to maybe keep just for depth purposes and because they started, because they know the system, they know the team, and they know the locker room. But, yeah, I don't don't see multiple guys coming back. I really don't. Now, uh, and another thing, let me just say this, Kyle. Another thing, you you may want to check – you know, free agents coming from Atlanta because yeah. you, we found that a lot of times when, when coaches move to other teams, they'll take their guys with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that last year with Malik Collins going to Las Vegas. So <laughs> Ken O'Neill, the free agent, he's going to be a free agent, a free safety for Atlanta. He may be a guy uh, that Heath. comes over. Je- Jeff Heath as well, you know, yeah. but they're just guys that travel with coaches. And so we may have a little bit of that as well with guys signing onto the Cowboys roster. You know, and I'm glad you brought up that point because – Atlanta didn't really have a ton of guys. Let's just talk about if you thought the Cowboys had a depth issue at safety, so did Atlanta. Atlanta also had that depth, or not even at safety, but at corner, defensive back, whatever. That secondary was depleted as well for the Falcons last year. And, and Rob brought up the point in the first segment about Dan Quinn and the scheme uh, or, or talent over scheme, players over scheme, you, you, in terms of evaluation and personnel and. I thought that was the case, and it's nice to hear him say that because I feel like that's kind of what we want here in Dallas. But at the same time, you look at what their draft history was a year ago, they could have very easily taken C.D. Lamb at number 16. Instead, they went with A.J. Tellers, the corner out of Clemson, because he ended up fitting a need, and he was taking maybe 40 picks too high to my regard. I had Trayvon Diggs over A.J. Teller. Or, uh, or, I think it was Teller. I keep saying – I think I might say his name wrong. But Terrell. Terrell is his name yeah. last year. So A.J. Terrell was the, yeah. the Clemson yeah. corner. Yeah. I had Trayvon Diggs higher than A.J. Terrell, and they ended up picking him because he fit a need. So, Rob, do you think that's him saying that maybe based on his own thought process? I know he's not going to be a huge part in the, the draft process, but so – was Rod Marinelli in the previous years, and you don't necessarily want that kind of interaction Ugh. costing you some picks. Well, I, I think number one, that's that's what Mike McCarthy has said when since he's had the job. That's what you have to do. I think most coaches would say that too. Mm-hmm. That you have it's it's your responsibility to put the players in the best spots. So I, I think that's general coaching one hundred and one in a way. But I think it is important. I do think I, I think in this particular situation it's kind of the it's kind of a good marriage because we talked about how they've played this scheme in one form or another in the past they know it can work with some of the players they have already so they're I don't he's not coming in trying to reinvent the wheel so I I think the scheme in itself will probably fit the team better anyway um but yeah I I think and we talked about he has worked in some other schemes so I think he 
you know, he's got enough versatility where he can he can kind of mold things to the players that that fit well. But I think overall, we're going to see you know we're going to see a four three scheme here with cover three, all that good stuff. Isaiah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to Rob's point, I think these. I mean, he he knows what he's doing. And he knows the talent that he has. I know everything that I've seen from him, he's been able to get the most out of every player. I don't think that we have a, a extreme lack of talent. I think we have an extreme lack of confidence uh, in, our, in, in guys' abilities. I think that you, the guys that you currently have on a roster, I think you can get everything out of them and be a very productive defense. I truly do. Now, that doesn't take away from the fact that I think we still need some additional pieces. Mm -hmm. I I definitely think we need some guys who are better than what we currently have. But if you can't, if you had to go into next year with the current roster that you have on defense, you have enough enough talent on the defensive line, at the linebacker position, in the secondary, to get what you need out. Simply because of what we started out this this, this whole podcast talking about, which is the defensive line of Tampa Bay. We have a solid defensive line here, too. If guys are playing with confidence, if guys are playing with a scheme that highlights their abilities and their and their skill sets. So when you have a defensive coordinator that puts you in a, in a position to be successful, then all of a sudden your game elevates. And I think that's what uh, that's what Coach Quinn is going to be able to come in and do. Yeah, he just needs guys that are smart, that are able to pick up this game. And regardless of, you know, what they played last year, you look at if you look around the league, like we're making so much of three, four versus four, three. What is your base? Teams play a variety of schemes, and you just have to be able to pick it up and execute. Jalen Smith, too, is if I could just take out one person that had the worst 2020 just based off of the fact that he didn't understand what he was doing. Nobody can play real-time live with live ammo out there not knowing what you're doing. So putting guys in the right Hold position on. is one thing. Just it, Hold it, on, Hagman. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, Hagman. Who, me? You saw the film? <laughs> yeah, you. Exactly. Watch the film, Hagman. Watch it's the just, film. Come on now. I, I, I watch, watch the it. film. I watch the film. Swipe on over. And, watch and, the next and, clip, you know, please. I just, <laughs> I, I just see guys missing, you know, missing the scheme. It hadn't just settled with these guys. So, look, defensively, whatever Dan Quinn does, he knows that he's, you know, the sky. The only thing that he has is, is the, to go up, right, because of where they were. Confidence-wise, like you said, Isaiah, confidence is shot, right, because all of these guys saw what happened to them in 2020. You got to build them up, but at the same time, if yeah. you're just going to say, I'm going to get this guy and he's going to be a plug-and-play guy, you may be setting yourself up for disaster again. He's got to be proven. and he got to be a guy that's shown you that he can make plays and not just based off of some reputation that you're going to give him. Yeah. And I think there's a bunch of guys like that that are interchangeable, and I think the defense needs a complete overhaul. And so the fact that there's a couple of of guys in the secondary that you could easily do that for, I I wouldn't be against doing so. Okay, second part of Kenneth Shumo's question was offensive linemen and defensive linemen, any pieces to pick up in free agency that could potentially help this overhaul of the defense? Rob, do you know of any names off the top of your head that the Cowboys could potentially be targeting? No, not off the top of my head. Um, it's kind of early for that. I it think, is way I think early. They need to, the, like I, I think I said earlier, you know, not to be repetitive, but I, I think Dan Quinn has to figure out with who he has on the roster who can fit with what he's trying to do, and, and or who can, who he can really work with and, and build around. You know, I, I think, I think on the offensive line they're they're okay as long as they're as long as they're healthy. The biggest question to me is. Uh, what do you do at the backup tackle spot? Because yeah. um, Cam Irving, I think, is a very solid veteran backup swing tackle. But can you afford 
that veteran player to be a backup in a cap situation year like this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and how do you feel about Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele? They got a lot of snaps this year. Did they show you enough? Um, you know, they might have to roll with one of those two guys this year, depending on the way the cap breaks down. Um, and then obviously, you know, defensive line, I think, I think they've got some, some pieces. I think you get Tristan Hill back. I think he fits that 4-3 scheme. If that's mostly what they're going to run, I think he fits it pretty good. You know, he's a up the field, smaller, penetrating defensive tackle. I think or that, I think that fits what Rod Marinelli wanted, and probably Dan Quinn too. So I think there there are some pieces there. Um, but I, the biggest questions on defense to me are in the secondary because you have so many free agents and you really struggled there anyway from a production standpoint. Yeah, Kyle, I just look at, yeah, the question is, you know, as far as free agency, anyone that we may be looking at, you have guys like Leonard Williams, uh, defensive lineman tackle for the Giants. Mm -hmm. You have Puna Ford, uh, one tech at Seattle. Uh, Jonathan Hankins uh, from Las Vegas, a defensive tackle. You know, there are a bunch of guys that are going to be available. And you've also had seen the rumors with Daniel Jeremiah uh, with NFL Network saying that Panay Sewell may fall to the Cowboys at 10. So, I mean, all of this, that's very, that's very interesting as to what you would do then with Smith in uh, his contract. How does that move? I mean, he's pretty much, he has an ironclad deal uh, from, from the Cowboys. So how does, how do you approach that? And they have to start looking at it that way, because look, if it's just through injury that we're not going to be able to have the stud that we've had all these years, then we may have to start looking at moving on. How does uh, Leo come back from the hip, the, mm-hmm. the late room? I, there's, there's so many things that are up in the air that we have to address. And I'm sorry, Terrence Steele, thank you for stepping in, but I don't want to see that next this year. No. I, I just don't, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we, <laughs> that we don't have to pray Hail Mary every time he, he straps up because that's, that's just what we <laughs> can't do that this year. Anyway. Thank you with that. All right now. Bye-bye then. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your service, you know. Isaiah. But but I but I don't know. I don't know heck how you draft anything other than defense at 10. I know that's Yeah. I'm going you guys label me best available like I I I think you have to go need at you some cannot, don't position. You cannot don't no. 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 Rob, Rob no P. You're not going to do that. Mm-mm, not on this show. Back pedal. So, no. <laughs> so if if if, if Rob was available, if Rob was going to continue his best player available march, where he is going down the street and he is marching to the beat of the drum of best player available, he would pick Kyle Pitts probably at ten, and you would pick a tight end at Pitt, uh, uh, Kyle Pitts at, at, at number ten overall. I don't know if I'm okay. How with the heck do you do that? I he may be in the Hall of Fame in fifteen years, but I just don't know how you do that. How how do you say that and not pick if you if you love the tight end position Kelsey Kittle and you see what it does for other teams how could you not? Because we just spent forty minutes talking about the defense and how you fix it <laughs> and so we take right. a tight end at well, ten. 
I'm just, hey, look, I'm just, if we're going to, you, you shoved it down my throat, BPA, <laughs> BPA. So don't change up on me now, Rob. Isaiah, stand back. You are now the in, interim GM of the Dallas Cowboys Talking Cowboys podcast. Okay, you're at number 10 right now. You've got Kyle Pitts on the table. He's your six-rated player overall at 10. Then you've got Caleb Farley on the table. He's your 12th-rated player overall. And Christian Barmore, who's number 15 overall. Overall, who do you take? Who do you pull the trigger on, Isaiah? Cowboys Nation is leaning upon you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you didn't say. Uh, was it uh, Sertain? Sertain? Yeah, he's lower uh, than Farley. What's his name? No. Uh, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. I, Ooh, I, it, defense. You go. Yeah, pass <laughs> I, I, I would not. If the tight end presents himself first. I'm taking the tight end. I just gave because you the you scenario. I just gave you three players that you had. I know. I know. I, know, I, mean, I, he oh, was I, know there. I know. I'm taking a boy from Pitt. The, the tight end. The tight end. I'm just. I'm just talking okay. out loud. Okay. okay. Let me let me okay. work through my okay. thoughts, okay. Kyle. Okay. 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 Uh, but I, you I, you take the tight end because you have ability to secure yet another position. Even though you have some guys, even though you've already given up some money right there, you have to rework some things. You have to get some trades off. Whatever you got to do. But you have an opportunity to solidify young talent. Solidify young talent, and you're trying to surround your quarterback with young talent. Uh, Amar, Amar, he's a beast. So I mean, you have to you have to lock that in, right? So, but I want a corner. If I'm the GM, Mm -hmm. I want a corner, and you need a you need a shutdown corner. You either need a shutdown corner, or you need a corner that's really good that's going to play well with uh, with with Diggs, right? And then guess what? Then you got to go out there and get you some safeties in free agency. But either way, I prefer to get a secondary guy. Now I don't want just want a safety in the draft. I want a corner. A shutdown corner in the draft, and I go out there and I find me some free agents or some uh, some young guys later on in in a, in a draft to, to solidify your safety position. Because once you once you lock up your secondary, mm-hmm. your front seven, you have talent there. Can you get the most out of them? Right now, you don't have talent in your secondary. No, you do not, and you need mm. to find some talent in that secondary as well. Now, the Cowboys did take a, a pretty premium pick at a secondary player last year, Trayvon Diggs. Where does he rank among the rookies on this Cowboys team? We're going to talk about a Rankum article that was posted on DallasCowboys.com and give our insight on where we would rank the rookies when we come back on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. 
where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Final segment here of this off-season edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. And whether you're listening to us or you're working out or you're trading some of those DraftKings fantasy football players, even though I know fantasy's wrapped up and done with, but if you're listening to music, you can experience <laughs> audio at a whole new level with the Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds are the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. Heckman, what do those headphones sound like in that top right-hand corner up there? Kyle Yeomans, it's like a symphony in your head. Wow. <laughs> the sultry voice of Heckma Harrison, as always. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, our resident Super Bowl champion. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Final couple minutes, and there was a Rankum article, Rob Phillips, that was put on DallasCowboys.com a little bit ago, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, and I really kind of wanted to go through it, and somehow my voice is reverberating on my phone as I pull up the uh, the uh, the Cowboys app. I mean, that's the, the beauty of live podcasting um so the rankum rookies picking the cowboys top 10 rookies of 2020 and before i go through kind of the the actual uh results of this i want to hear who your top rookie was of 2020 isaiah we'll start with you on ah, no let's go with heckma first because i know he would probably feel the pressure of this but who was your top rookie of yeah. 2020 and why Ooh, wee, that is tough. Um, golly, I'm gonna have to go. CD Lamb, okay. and that's the um, that's the easy way out, man. And it's just he came up big in games, and I really want to pick Trayvon Diggs, but yeah, CD Lamb would would be it. I think he played above and beyond. I think those first four games with Dak, you could tell, man, that his he was just his trajectory was through the roof, and the type of season that he was about to have. Uh, but even with uh, some of the substitutes, some of the other guys coming in, he still maintained. He had some key drops in games, but still, C.D. Lamb was a bright spot. All right, Isaiah? I'm torn on this one. <clears throat> I think C.D.'s the easy answer. Uh, I think when you think about long-term potential and long-term growth from this year, I, I got to go with Diggs. Mm. <clears throat> I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was hard on Diggs. Um, as he should have been hard on him. I mean, but he faced the best the NFL has to throw at him, hands down. And I think that as bad as it was for him this year, it's kind of like the big brother beating you up and you come back the next year, and guess what? Everybody doesn't seem that bad. Mm. So I think that going into next year, he will make leaps and bounds, but he needed to get that that, that whoop, that butt whoop this year first. <laughs> Had to get the, the trial by yeah. fire a little bit there. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's what that's what y'all said. Y'all said throw him to the fire. So that's what yeah, happened. That's when. what exactly we did. So, <laughs> well, that's what happened. Yeah, Rob, who was your top rookie? I'd have to say CD. I know that's the easy answer, but he mm. played every game, and and I think you saw 
Pro Bowl potential, just like you expected when you drafted him. Uh, the numbers weren't the best among the rookie class. Um, he did play with four different quarterbacks, yep. and he's also sharing a, a passing game with with Amari Cooper, who had ninety something catches, and Michael Gallup. So, and Dalton Schultz at sixty three. How about that? So, uh, I, I thought you know he flashed some plays where you're like, wow, he could definitely be a star in this league, and I think Diggs did too, um, but he missed. I think he missed a month, and, and he did give up some big plays. I, I think, though, when you look at the class overall, it looks promising, especially with, with maybe four out of the, of the class looks, looks really promising, if not pro bowlers, then starters. It was funny. Whenever Nick Eatman asked me for my list of, of rookies to go through, Rob, I actually left CeeDee Lamb completely off the list because I don't really look at him as a rookie. <laughs> I really don't like I, the way that he played. It, it didn't remind me of a rookie. I, I I know it was his rookie year, and he played very well. And I mean, there were times where, hey, look, there's C.D. Lamb, the rookie. Uh, that's not going to happen in two or three years, hopefully. But uh, I mean, ultimately, I think he had a good enough season to where he was by far the top rookie that the Cowboys drafted last year, as you expect him to be a first round pick. And uh, also, not to mention, I think if you put him in a different situation, like if you flip flop Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb, I think CeeDee Lamb has the same kind of season, maybe even better uh, than what Justin Jefferson did, just based off of the situations mm. in oh, which and, they are. And, and, and it wasn't perfect. I mean, uh, there's some key drops that he sure. had, especially late in the game against the Giants. So, mm-hmm. but he's, man, he is really hard on himself. Uh, you talk to him after those kind of plays, and he, I, I think he's going to be better for it. Just like Isaiah said about Diggs, I think he's going to come back stronger, and uh, and try to write some of that stuff. So the top three players co- on this Rankham article, I'll get to you here in just a second, Isaiah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this real quickly. C.D. Lamb was number one, Trayvon Diggs was number two, and Neville Gallimore was number three. That's really simple, and it's really easy because guess what rounds those guys were picked in? The first round, the second round, and the third round, respectively. So that's what you expect, and that's a good draft class. If you can hit on your day one and day two picks like the Cowboys did to where they had a rookie impact from all three of those guys, that's pretty impressive. Isaiah, what you got? Now, I was just going to ask you if you had, now that you have the first year behind you, if you had opportunity to to swap picks, Justin Jefferson or C.D. Lamb, who are you going with? C.D. Lamb, still, I would still pick C.D. Lamb. Do you, would you not? Man. <laughs> I would still pick C.D. Lamb. Oh, there it is. I mean, C.D.'s a beast. That's that's not. Let me let me put this out there before before I get destroyed. C.D.'s a dog. Justin's a dog. They're both dogs. Right, They're that's great. Out, that's out the way. They're both dogs. All right. One one is a is a is a pit bull, right? One is a freaking mountain lion. I don't know. I don't know. He's something. Some kind of cat. I don't really know. But <laughs> but but he's a big old bear wolf, right? So yeah. Justin Jefferson is nasty. He's his route running is nasty. Mm-hmm. CD CD Lamb route running is cool too. But I think. I think Jefferson got a little bit more juice, so I don't know. They're both dogs, though. Don't don't. don't I don't want nobody to think that I'm 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 pooping on CD. CD's mm-hmm. a dog, but I'll just just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. If you had opportunity to swap it, would you would you remain with you, your draft pick? I don't think you, you would swap? be alone there. You're I don't think poop. you'd be alone. Nah, you kind of poo pooed right there, Isaiah. So I poo poo. A little bit, you know, that's but not, I'm Justin good. Jefferson. He showed something, man. I mean, just yak was exceptional. Nuts, yeah. Uh, and, and again, he had his, like you said, 
he had his quarterback for the entirety of the season. And if CD, in those first four games, everybody was talking about CD, uh, was starting to whisper about him being rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, but then quarterback goes down and all of that changes. So, I mean, it's just a, you can go into ifs and buts on that uh, whole thing if, if, if CD has his, his quarterback for the entire year. But that's a, that's a fair question between Jefferson uh, and CD. So what's your pick? I'm still going CD. I'm not going to jump in that barrel okay. with you. No. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I go CD just because I didn't see enough. I saw the one game with Jordan Jefferson. I, I'm Jefferson, I didn't, I didn't see enough of his games, but I know what the production was definitely there. I just mm -hmm. think CD with a full season with Dak, I really want to see what that looks like. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I think he's got a chance to be really special. You're getting me excited over here, Rob. Yep. Don't do that. Uh, all right, so <laughs> after the first three oh, picks, uh, this is kind of the interesting part about this Rankham article. The next two are really interesting to me because you go first round, second round, third round with Lamb, Diggs, Gallimore. And then you go to Terrence Steele. He's the number four rookie of 2020 for the Dallas Cowboys. Number five is Hunter Nicewander. So those two guys who, I guess, even when you started the season one, you didn't either expect them to make the roster or they actually weren't on the roster in Hunter Nicewander's case. But, I mean, both of them came in, played exceptionally well. In one case, I thought Hunter Nicewander was the better punter of Chris Jones and Hunter Nicewander, and I want to see Nicewander in 2021. But then you had Terrence Steele, who was definitely – thrown into the fire, much like Trayvon Diggs was early on, but you saw a lot of improvement from Terrence Steele. So Isaiah, what do you think about number four and number five on this list of the top rookies of 2020? I'm going I'm going nice wonder. Yeah. Terrence Steele and then Biotis, because Biotis just wasn't out there enough. Okay. Uh, but nice nice wonder, right? Nice wonder. Correct. Uh the boy was nice. The boy came in <laughs> nice. I know punters <laughs> Punters don't get the respect, but being a being a former special teams guy, hey, I held this dude in high regard. Um, he came in and he was booting that thing. He was changing the field of possession so drastically. He was putting that thing all the way inside the 10-yard line consistently. He was giving our gunners opportunity to down that thing inside the 10, inside the 5, on a normal basis to the point where we were getting used to it. Like it was almost mm -hmm. expected. Like what what do you mean you what do you mean you kicked it out yeah. of bounds? What do you mean you kicked a touchback? What what is that? Like you were almost just disgusted that he wasn't putting it inside the five yard line. How dare you, nice wonder. Uh <laughs> so I think I think he definitely is number four. And then Terrence Steele, he got thrown in there, you know, to to the to them flames. That, that boy was in there with in the, in the lion's den and he he had to fight. Yeah, fight, scratch, claw. And yeah, I, I hold I have a lot of respect for him for being in there and, and, and battling it out and staying consistent out there. Um, and then, you know, Biotis came in and had a had a big impact when he was there. But uh, for whatever reason, he still just couldn't edge out uh, edge out Looney. Mm -hmm. Heck, mm. Mm. <laughs> You're brother. Okay. Uh, I like, you know, Nice Wonder did a really good job. Bailed us out of a lot of situations. And, you know, obviously Isaiah took all of the superlatives away with his take on oh, nice, nice. Wonder. Yeah, nice, eh? And uh, I felt, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say Biotish instead of uh, Steel, simply because of his impact. And we've been looking for, uh, we needed that that juice from the rookie. And he came in and he provided it. Now, he had a weird injury where he blew, blew, you know, strained his hamstring in warm-ups. Never yep. heard of a yeah. offensive lineman. <laughs> 
Straining the uh, hamstring in warm-ups, but he accomplished that. So th- that just moves him up on the list just because he was able to do that. <laughs> look, Terrence Steele, to me, just had him. Just undrafted free agent. You know, I mean, look, Angel's in the outfield story yeah. for him if he, if he goes to the Hall of Fame. I just felt as though he had a, a really rough uh, rookie season. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, heck, you and I agree on this because I, I, I think Biotish – I think he showed he's one of what four potential starters in the rookie class so far. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to count Nice Wonder, actually, Nick kind of cooked the books on this a little bit. Like I don't, <laughs> I think technically Nice Wonder is not a not a rookie. Not a rookie, but I don't know why yeah. that's the case. He's not. He because he, he kicked in the the XFL. I guess that makes you a pro vet. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Nice Wonder has a definitely has a chance to keep the job. I, I think they really liked what he did. Um, but I, I, you know, I, Biotish certainly very well could be your starting center next year. Yep. Joe Looney's a free agent. Kind of goes back to what I said about the tackle depth. What can you spend on your tackle depth this year? You know, maybe it may not work out for Looney to come back this year, and you might go to your rookie guy, um, along with Diggs and 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 CD and 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 Gallimore, who emerges as a starter as well. I fully expect Tyler Biotish to be the starter next year. I think the only reason he didn't come back in after his injury was, one, just to make sure the injury was fully healed going into next season, and then also to keep a little bit of the continuity on that offensive line that Mike McCarthy had so very highly coveted throughout the season. Closing out the rest of the top ten, Sean McKeon was number seven, the tight end out of Michigan, who was an undrafted free agent and came in as a blocker and really did a a pretty nice job on some of those heavy packages. Uh, Ben DiNucci was number eight of course he filled in on a couple of occasions and most notably the disaster up in philadelphia number nine was francis bernard the undrafted free agent linebacker out of utah in which i really wanted to see more of and then rico dattle closed out the top 10 the running back out of south carolina who was also an undrafted free agent the guy's not making the list bradley and i uh, we've tried, guys. That hurts, really, doesn't it? That yes, hurts. it hurts a lot. Yes, it 100% hurts. And and I'm uh, we tried. We we every week it was a plead to the coaching staff to please see Bradley and I a little bit more. Randy Gregory coming back really hurt that, but I guess it's fine. Whatever. I'm I'm a little salty, but it's cool. Uh, Reggie Robinson did not make the list either, and that doesn't surprise me either. He was really undersung his entire rookie season. And Rondell Carter, who wasn't even on the team for, he he was picked up as an undrafted free agent, then he was released, went to the Colts, then he was released, and then he came back and then he was on the team to end the year. So Rondell Carter was also not on the list. But that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Thanks for joining us here over the last hour. Special thanks as always to Chris Beam and Aaron Gonzalez in the back. I saw him back there on the WebEx a little bit earlier. But for Heckman Harrison, for Rob Phillips, and for Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Be sure to catch us next Monday, 1130 next time here on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!